Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Three, maybe a fourth. They're coming out of his beat six and seven. Top the ball, it's just been an eighth. Oh, wow. No, no, no. Well, here we are, heading into round 15 of the NRL. Ryan and Tommy back. This is the Supercoach 365 podcast. Another big week of Supercoach scores, led by yourself, Tommy. You narrowly picked me this week, but uh, a good week really all round. Yeah, g'day, Ryan. Uh, everyone pretty much scored very well this week. There wasn't too many players who disappointed. Uh, I think we both saw green arrows as well, so that was always good. Always a positive indeed, the green arrows. Uh, look, it feels like we uh, haven't spoken for a while, obviously. Uh, State of Origin uh, happened six days ago now as we record this and I say here in the notes was it that big of a shock that Queensland won because I think we led and and uh, you know we thought New South Wales had come out on top but um, the margin in the end probably reflective of how the teams played yeah I think we are uh, we were quite keen on I guess Queensland to make it a close game and that it was a pretty low scoring game as well a good match I thought it was one of the best origins I've seen for a few years uh, pity for our respective bets that Coates went off pretty early in the game but uh, other than that it was an awesome awesome watch yeah I'll tell you what that, that was a bet of uh, plenty of hard luck stories obviously the end result just six not the four and then obviously yeah, as you say Coates went off injured and Teddy denied what looked a certain try but anyway maybe I had my blue goggles on for that one uh, speaking of good super coach scores Tommy tell us uh, mate you've locked down that spot in the top 1000 for another week at least um, we'll put up our Ranks and our scores from last week's on your screen here now. Uh, 1277 for yourself, mate. And as I say, uh, 640-something as we go to air tonight. Yeah, 645, just hanging around the 600s, which is not a bad thing. They're probably not really threatening the leaders at all, but I'm still in the top 1,000, which I'm happy with. Uh, You're working your way up, mate. 
yeah, 12.56 last week and uh, probably no better time than now to get into this. Of course, I speak of the good, the bad and the ugly for round 14, heading into round 15. And there are some implications to come from last week. Uh, but let's start with the good before we get into that. I guess first and foremost, Green Arrows uh, moving up into the top 8% and still three boosts in my pocket as well. So some uh, take some solace out of that. Yeah, I don't think many uh, coaches would have three boosts left at this time of the year, so that's definitely an advantage you hold. Uh, my good was probably my two trade-ins last week, Campbell Graham and uh, Ronaldo Militalo. I brought them both in last week, I guess with around 17 in mind, but also just some good fixtures, and they both got around 100, so that was uh, really good for me. Yeah, my bad uh, has to be Ben Trevojevic uh, came off the bench last week, scored six. Uh, at the time, look, I was happy to include that in my loop, and that'll get to uh, my ugly very soon. But his six, it gets even worse now because his break-even is now high again. We didn't get him for round 13, so that's bad. And again, probably leaning towards the ugly here, but Coruscant, just 47 last week. It's so hard to sit back and watch him, you know, just churn out mediocre scores while Reese Robson, probably the other round 13 trade-in target, just continues to uh, pump out 70s and such. So that has to be my bad for round 14. Yeah, Robson's really been like the Cowboys, you know, just a surprise packet this year and continues to go well. I don't really have a bad. I have an ugly, though. Uh, I made a rookie error. I was moving around Cleary and Hines on Saturday, a bit worried that Cleary wouldn't play. Ended up somehow having a... the reserve on Blake Taff, who didn't play at all. So I had to cop Ben Draboyevich's six as yeah. one of my scores, and it probably cost me about 60 points in the end. So pretty uh, br- pretty brutal. Yeah, tough because that score upwards of 1,300, if you had that extra 60 points, you're probably pushing to the top 500. So, yeah, difficult, but you may find uh, those points back sometime uh, before the year's end. For mine, my ugly has to be that loop that I've already spoken about there. I did the sums at the time. I thought it was a smart play. I thought it was at least guaranteeing, uh, you know, 300 points that I may not have got otherwise. Um, sorry, 270 points that I wouldn't have got otherwise. But as soon as Karaz went over for the Bulldogs, I knew it was the wrong move. He ended up on 98, and I predicted he'd get about 38, 40 points. So he's uh, he's far exceeded my expectations there on Monday afternoon, and I guess that speaks for the Bulldogs. Bigger still, what a win that was. It was a great win, and, you know, Karaz is he's sort of, I mean, he's made a lot of money, which is great for everybody, but every time, you know, people have put him in as a scoring player, he seems to get 20, and then not many people played him the other day, and he gets 98. Cooler was similar. He got about 78 after weeks of really not doing much for Manly. So, yeah, yeah some of those cheapies went pretty big on the weekend. Yep, and they'll probably get another chance to do it again this week. Uh, maybe not cooler against the Cowboys on Friday, but Karaz up against the West Tigers. I think they played each other, what is it, about four or five weeks ago. He scored a double that night. So he'll be backing himself in to uh, repeat those heroics in round 15 here. Let's throw up this, of course, the round recap. Here's all the results. We won't spend too much time on this, but as we say there, the Cowboys continued on in their winning ways, 31 points to 12 over the Dragons. Uh, the Rabbitohs, as we sort of expected out, Alex Johnston and Cody Walker turned it on 30 points to 16 over the Titans up on the Gold Coast. And this one here, Saturday night at the SCG, the Storm, 26 points to 18 victors over the Roosters. And news just coming through now as we go to air uh, that Felice Cafusi has been found not guilty at the judiciary tonight for that ugly elbow on Sam Walker. So, Tommy, I guess your initial reactions to that news. Yeah, I found it interesting that he decided to challenge it despite only getting a fine. So he was obviously clearly 
well, he must have been innocent or he really wanted to clear his name. So I'm not too surprised it's happened. It was a bit of a, a weird incident, but he does have form. So I think that's what a lot of people are sort of getting at there. Uh, the Broncos beat the Raiders 24-18. It was really gutsy performance from the Broncos. Yeah, Manly easily accounted for West Tigers, 30 points to four. We saw uh, Luciano Lelua today has gone to the Cowboys effective immediately, which is interesting for both clubs. And then uh, there was two smashings for the, in uh, Sunday night. Panthers smashed Newcastle 42-6, and the Sharks got over the Warriors 38-16. Yeah, it didn't take uh, Nathan Cleary long to uh, make amends for his poor night. Uh, for the Blues on Wednesday, he was pretty um, adamant and forthright in coming forward and saying you know, he was putting his hand up and taking ownership for that Blues loss and came out, and I think it was inside five minutes, he scored a try for the Panthers and obviously linked up with Luai to make that happen. Spoke of the Sharks there very quickly over the Warriors, and obviously that surprise result for the Bulldogs over the Eels. But just on Nico Hines, um, one of the most popular captain options uh, from last week, if not the most popular option outside of the Nathan Cleary loop. What was doing with Nico Hines' goal kicking? It's uh, it's one of those things. He's either he's red hot and he's on, or he's not. They were hard kicks, but it was definitely frustrating to watch. I think he was three from eight at one stage or something like that. It was definitely a tough watch. I had him on uh, as captain. Uh, I was surprised he got, I think he ended up with 55 or 60 or something like that. I didn't even think he did enough to get that score, really, but uh, I'd take it at the end of the day. Yeah. Yep, and I think that probably bodes well for Nico this week against uh, the Titans, and I've got a theory on that game, so stick around uh, towards the back end of the podcast when we talk our trading places. Uh, plenty coming up on the show tonight, not least our trading places. Uh, we'll preview round 15. There's plenty of listener questions we'll get to at the back end of the podcast as well. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit of round 17. Um, good question that came through from a friend of the show, Simon Grunstein. He said, put together a list of nuffs for round 17 who may play that week, and then you can nuff them out for the rest of the season. So stick around. Uh, that is coming up later. Before we get into that and before we get into round 15, though, a quick recap of where we are at the end of 14 rounds in regards to our Supercoach 365 listeners overall group. Uh, still, it is Troy who leads us here. Just looking at this, the top 10 on your screens as you watch this on YouTube, of course, get us over there if you're listening to us on the podcast. But uh, the top 10, our top 10 in this group, they're all inside the top 50. Uh, overall so good to see the quality uh, is right there coming through here in our overall group and Troy he's dropped down to fifth this uh, this week from first last week so he'd be spewing the roosters pack yeah the lowest he's been for a few weeks now but you know he's still in the hunt um, doing really well and like he said there you know our top 10 all in the top 50 that's it's a really good start uh, well done, and shout-outs also to some of the uh, other podcast content creators, the Supercoach Experience boys are flying. I think uh, Tim, captain and coach of the uh, Villa Army, he's back. He's 33rd overall after taking it out last year, so that would be like winning the lotto twice. Uh, Brandon Savage, again, I think he's 89th overall, and uh, the Supercoach Whisper are very popular in this space, uh, doing good things. I think he's 174th, so... Um, boys are flying this year. Tommy, you're nipping at their heels. I'm a long way back, but uh, good to see that the guys throwing their names out and their faces out there are doing well. Yeah, imagine winning and then the next year you're back in the top 30 again in, when the, the whips are cracking. It's pretty exciting. And look, if I don't win, which I probably won't, it'll be cool to see him go back to back, that's for sure. 
Yeah, a very well done. Good luck to everyone. And not least those in that group, of course, if you aren't going to win, if you can't run down Troy, still keep on playing. Second place in that group will take home an NRL jersey of their choice. Courtesy of Top Tippers, download the app Top Tippers at your app stores or via Google Play. Tommy, let's get into this. Round 15 uh, kicks off on Thursday night. Good to have Thursday night footy back this week. The Dragons and the Rabbitohs here to get us underway. This one at Wynn Stadium at Wollongong. The Dragons, $2.75 outsiders with topsport.com.au. The South Sydney Rabbitohs, $1.47 favourites. And uh, they're giving away a six-and-a-half star here uh, to kick us off in round 15. Yeah, I feel like we know what we're going to get from the Dragons about now. They're, they're not a bad team. They're not a great team either. They're going to put up a, a decent fight against South, but probably won't be enough. I think the story out of the team list was Blake Taft back on the bench. Uh, I think a lot of people probably still have him. I, I'm still holding him in the hope that he'll play round 17, but yep. every week that goes by that Cody Nicarima plays well at fullback, it's looking less likely. News also today that Latrell won't play this week. Uh, and probably unlikely to feature for the Blues for Game 2 as well. So uh, obviously coming back from the USA and his hamstring troubles, and then he copped COVID. So just for Latrell holders, particularly in draft, because there w- wouldn't be any in, in Classic. But if you've picked Latrell up like you have in our league, Tommy, in the top five or top six picks, he looked uh, a value pick at that late in the draft, but just not paying dividends that you expected. Yeah, I think he's only played maybe four or five games out of 13. So... Haven't got really your bang for your buck there, but look, he's hoping he can come back with a vengeance. And if he missed Game 3 of Origin, could he be an option in Classic? I don't know. He'd probably get a, a nod for Game 3, though, wouldn't he? Well, if the series is on the line, definitely. If not, then maybe Freddie looks elsewhere. I don't know. I mean, he still wants to win the game. Uh, Fittler as coach, but maybe Souths are just a little bit hesitant to throw him to the walls if there really is nothing to gain uh, from the New South Wales perspective, that is. Uh, just looking at this as well, Tommy, I asked the question here, are Souths finally back? We saw glimpses of what they can do last week. Uh, Cody Walker, I thought he played better than what his supercoach score produced. I think he was about a mid-60s, but Alex Johnston particularly, uh, a hat-trick, a score of 120. That's what we've become accustomed to with AJ on that left side. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, like you said there, Cody looked really good. I think Elias even looked probably the best game he's played all year. And then uh, Campbell Graham now on the left, which you might have called for about four months ago. It's uh, it's looking pretty good and he's scoring well as well. Mate, if they listen to the podcast in January, I said, put him on the left. That's where he belongs. And now suddenly he's pushing for an origin berth. But anyway, Jack White and probably coincidentally the best Blues player at left centre last week. So uh, Campbell may have to uh, watch on for another year at least. But no, good to see Souths are coming good at the right time of the year. And as you say, round 17, they're going to be a popular team. Uh, those names there, Cody Walker, Alex Johnston, and maybe even Graham, if he's not chosen for Game 3 for the New South Wales, could f- figure in a lot of Supercoach teams, although his price is getting up, Campbell Graham. I think he made a stack of cash, um, but that comes on the back of scoring plenty of points as well, so that's probably justified. Yeah, he's one of those players. I picked him up last week, and he, he played well, but I am you know, I'm worried that he will get the nod for Origin. Um, because I'm really running low on numbers around 17 all of a sudden, and if he's not there, you know, bringing him in was not the best move, I guess, because I really need playing players that week. Okay, let's move on. I think that's enough on that game. As we say, Thursday night, that one gets us underway. 7.50 kickoff, uh, that one. Uh, next game, first game on Friday, uh, Manly. Uh, welcome back, DCE, for this one, and they're going to need him against the Cowboys, who continue to impress. They're the real deal, Tommy, the Cowboys. I, I think I'd be shocked if they don't finish in the top four now. 
Yeah, I'm starting to agree. Uh, they're just putting away the teams they should put away, and they've been competitive against the good teams. They beat Melbourne. They can't do much more to uh, to prove the naysayers wrong because they're playing awesome footy. I think Manly, you know, Kay, Daly, Terry Evans is back as well. I think this will be a pretty good game at Four Points Park. Ruben Cotter is back, who's a big in for those who held him over that origin period, and they'll be desperate to get some scores out of him after missing two games in a row. For round 13 players and, and coaches that targeted that round 13, these two were two popular teams, obviously these two uh, who figured on that weekend, and you had uh, Ruben Garrick and Hamoli Olakowatu. They've just paid uh, repaid the faith, I should say. They just continue to score well. I think they've scored back-to-back hundreds now, or Garrick a 99 in round 13, but as good as 100, and then they back it up again uh, the week later. Yeah, um, I probably didn't jump on the Manly players. I just wasn't sure with Turbo out if they'd be able to produce the goods. But, hey, they, they definitely have the last couple of weeks. They do go into tricky games now against the Cowboys and then the Storm and then the Bye. So maybe we've got the best out of the Manly players already. But uh, we'll wait and see. I say here, is Ruben Garrick a keeper? Because you say we've got the best out of him, but are we happy to sit back and have that $700,000 on the bench for that all-important round 17 knowing that from rounds 18 onwards, we're playing with an out-and-out gun? Yeah, look, maybe if I had him, I'd probably I'd probably hold him. I know the next couple of weeks aren't great, but then you dig a little bit deeper, and after the bye, they've got the Knights, the Dragons, Roosters. It's not the worst run ever. He'll probably get some decent scores, and with two out of the picture, you know, it's all about him now. So uh, if I had him, I'd hold him. If I don't have him, I wouldn't get him, probably. And on the other side to that, I guess Scott Drinkwater, one of those players that maybe it's fair to say he surprised us with how well he's gone at fullback because from what we saw from him in 2020-2021 as a half, wasn't a super coach relevant player, but suddenly time and space with the number one on his back, he looks every bit an option, but now he's at that point in the season where he's probably not making too much more cash. The Cowboys not playing round 17. The draw's going to change at some point for the Cowboys. Is now the time to sell Drinkwater at the high knowing that players like Ryan Pappenhausen, who we'll speak of in the next game here on Friday night, he's on his way back. And there's only so many slots there at 5'8 and fullback particularly, which we can fill. Yeah, I think Drinkwater at Paps makes a lot of sense if you can afford it. I know you're in a position where you can do that. Where's your head at surrounding this? Yeah, I think if you can... Well, three can't go into two, can it? And I think Hines has to be there somewhere long-term. So too Nathan Cleary. So you're not playing Hines probably at, at halfback, which means you've got an open fullback slot. Is Drinkwater that man? Probably not. Um, Paps is probably the one you want to finish with. And then at 5'8", it's either Drinkwater, Munster, or even Cody Walker. I keep saying Cody Walker. I think it's going to come eventually. But you probably lean towards Munster, Dylan Brown, ahead of maybe Drinkwater to finish off. I don't know. That's where my head would be at anyway. Yeah, there are lots of options there. Uh, drink water surprised me. Like, I didn't expect him to be a factor in Supercatch, like you're saying. So to talk about him in the conversation with, you know, Munster, Walker, Dylan Brown, it's it's a credit to him. And I think even if you do sell him now, he's done a great job for your team. Yeah, news for the Cowboys as well. Jeremiah Nanai uh, expected to come back here. In fact, he will. He'll replace Tom Gilbert, who's out with an eye injury here in this one. So... Uh, and that's obviously on the back of the, the sad news that Helam Lukey, who's looked damaging in recent weeks, he's out for the rest of the year with that ACL injury. But that opens up the door for a future Dolphin, Connolly Lemuelu, to uh, prove that he can handle 
the top grade and uh, looked every bit an NRL first grader last week. He scored a try against the Dragons and uh, looked damaging like Lukey did before he went off. Yeah, it's a good opportunity for him, but he's probably just warming the jersey for Luciano Alua uh, as he'll yes. go up there. And I think that's a great piece of business to get him in as soon as Lukey's gone down. So it's it's like for like. You could argue that Luciano Alua is probably a better player than Lukey. But uh, yeah, really good for the Cowboys going forward. That hurts super coaches though, doesn't it, as well? Because West Tigers, I think they're playing round 17. So Luciano may be one of those pod 2RF options that we could have looked towards uh, this year, as I know I did last year, and with some success as well. He's, when he's on, he's on, Luciano. And I think uh, maybe in no small part, his form of late has, has <laughs> paved the way for him to get an early release. He just didn't want to be there in the end. So anyway, that's it for the, uh, for the Manly versus North Queensland, of course. Just recapping here, uh, North Queensland favourites with topsport.com.au. $1.60 at Four Pines Park. Uh, could be a dewy night up there at Manly. The $2.38 head-to-head for Manly. That could be a bet there. Uh, Manly getting a four-and-a-half start as well. So if you'd like the home team there, they are the outsiders in that one. Same can't be said, though, for the uh, main game on Friday night. The Storm heavy favourites, $1.13 head-to-head, uh, giving away an 18-and-a-half start, which I thought was quite large against the improved Broncos, but there's $6 head-to-head, Tommy. Uh, not expected to figure, but that's on the back of a, a host of outs. Yeah, he's a host of outs. Adam Reynolds, um, for as good as he's been, there would be some South administrators and fans saying, well, this is why we sold him, because you know, his body isn't going to hold up for another two years. He can barely get through this season. Yeah. He's a great player, but he's obviously quite fragile um, at the moment. So that is a consideration to go for. They've also lost Herbie Farnworth, who has been probably their best outside back to start the year. Uh, he's going to be a big loss, replaced by Branko Lee. Your Tony Staggs does come in, though. Uh, but the Storm, the big news is in jersey number 21, Ryan Pappenhausen. Any intel here, will he play? Mate, I'd love to. I'd love to know because I think I've said here as well. He's in, obviously listed amongst the reserves, as you say there. But if he's in, I, I feel like I have to rush him in. I think he's in that good a form. Well, he was before that. He's he would be the number one draft pick in my eyes. Um, probably maybe aside to Nico Hines on on at full fitness. But Melbourne, he's playing round seventeen. I don't know if he'll be rushed into the Origin squad. I actually think Hines offers more in terms of that, that 18th man role if he is called upon. So that, for me, just says Ryan Pappenhausen is a must. As soon as you can get to him, you must go to him because he is someone that can finish off with an average of upwards of 90, which this year is very rare. Yeah, absolutely. He's probably, with Turbo going down, he's him and Cleary, possibly the best two players in the game now. So... Look, I do understand the rush to get to him, and if I could afford it, I would go for him, but I don't know if I can yet. It's going to cost a few trades to get to him, but you know he's going to be the best player and the most popular captain option in round 17. Just quickly on the Storm last week, I'm pretty sure Marion Seve was the highest scorer across the whole weekend in Supercoach, which is pretty... Uh, who would have predicted that? Yeah. And Grant Anderson, uh, he wasn't even in the game when they took the field on five at 5.30 on Saturday. He wasn't in Supercoach, and he scored two tries, so... Good on him. It was a pretty good debut, definitely at the SCG. Yeah, wow. Okay, I didn't know that about uh, Anderson, but that's that's pretty funny. And, of course, he could be a player now who we look to for round 17 onwards. And we know what Melbourne Storm wingers can do. We've seen it in the past. They're just try machines. So if he can hang around and stay fit and, and force his way into that right wing slot, he did himself no harm uh, with his first up performance there against the Roosters. 
what else do we have here? Of course, I, I just say here, Payne Haas has been named again. Seems like he can't get through 60 minutes, but if, you, if you've held Payne Haas on the hope that he's going to play big minutes and he's going to produce what Payne Haas can do, you've just been continually screwed over by his injuries. So often you'll play 40, 55 minutes, he'll come off, and he's, he's just not the uh, fully fit player that we want him and need him to be. No, he started the year well and probably how he expected him to be. But as soon as he got those shoulder issues and then origin, it's it has fallen apart. And, you know, Isaiah Papalihi has definitely taken the mantle as the best front row forward in the game. Just on the Broncos, I think we have to mention Ezra Mam. Um, those who went to him were definitely rewarded. He had a good score up towards 80. I'm pretty sure he made a lot of money. Uh, yeah. I didn't go to him. I wish I did. Watching him rip up Canberra, it was salt into the wounds. Yeah, I went to him and I played him as well. I was really happy with his efforts. I think it was 73 or 75 he finished up on. And uh, again, he made $130,000 last week. I could nearly get a straight trade Ezra Mam to Ryan Pappenhausen. Believe me, I looked at it. Um, I fell about $12,000 short. But a negative 51 break-even this week again for Ezra Mam. Uh, if he just goes out and makes 20 tackles and nothing else, I'll be very happy. Because again, probably next week... Um, the storm they have the seagulls away um, again that could be a straight trade there Ezra Mam to Ryan Pappenhausen without much fuss because I think Pappenhausen's break even this week is considerable given that he went off early against the Dragons I think it was round nine with those injuries do you think it's too late to get Ezra Mam like if you didn't get in last week like I didn't the break even still really low he's looking a great chance to play around 17 now really um, they got a tricky next two games, Storm and Cowboys. But if he's just there to make money, mm. you know, probably not too late, but you're kind of burning, maybe burning trains this time of the year. Oh, I don't know. Well, again, it depends probably how many you've got left and if you plan to hold on to him and do you want to tie up that 5-8 slot with someone realistically that you don't want to be with from, I don't know, the draw from 18 onwards, but you'd happily copy him 18. But again, I said this earlier in the year with Josh King, with Max King, a couple of these other cheapies. You'd rather miss one price rise than miss two. So if he's going to make another 100K this week, which he's every chance to, um, you'd rather miss one than miss two because suddenly you're $300,000 uh, behind the eight ball than what you otherwise would have been. But just on that storm run, I just want to speak about it one more time. So they've got the Broncos this week, uh, Seagulls and Sharks, then they're away from home, those two games. Then back at home for the Raiders, then they cop the Rabbitohs and the Warriors. So... I mean, that's six games there that really could all be high-scoring fixtures. Um, and again, you probably want to be with Pappenhausen for a lot of those games. So if it's not this week, it's probably definitely next that you're, you're racing uh, to get uh, Pappenhausen back. Yeah, straight after the bye, or obviously they played the bye around, so you want to have him before then. But after Origin, Raiders, Rabbitohs, Warriors, Titans, um, big scoring. The Storm always lift towards the end of the year as well. Uh I think yeah, he's going to be almost a must-have in the run-in, but can you afford him? That's the big question. Now, stick around as well. Uh, just on the Melbourne Storm and their spine in particular, one of the key members of their spine, um, his name starts with C and ends in Amarin. I've got a stat on him, which could be uh, integral for players getting back to Pappenhausen. Uh, stick around for that. We'll do that in our trading places segment let's leave that game there though tommy uh we think storm by plenty in that game particularly obviously as we said at the top there adam reynolds uh not playing in that one uh, next game here a first game on a saturday afternoon this one 3 p.m kickoff the sharks the home game 
albeit at Coffs Harbour. $1.20 favourites here against the Titans, 4.60 outsiders. The line, 12.5. And, and I guess the story will be in this one is can Nico Hines bounce back to the player that we know he is? Yeah, he did look a little down on form, maybe. I mean, he didn't play poorly, but he didn't really score the points that we've got used to. Uh, Sifatalakai, he was sort of back to some of his best last week, which was good for those who have held him till now, myself included, thankfully. Uh, But, yeah, I think the Sharks, they weren't great against the Warriors, but they still scored 38 points. So that just shows the sort of attacking flair they have. And with them playing around 17, I think their players are, are so valuable at the moment. Yeah, you've said that. I'm going to jump ahead here because I'm going to ask the question. So, obviously, this time of year, we're all looking to round 17 and particularly those teams playing and and players in those teams that would be happy to keep from 17 through to round 25. I said, Sharks here, from round 17 to round 20, are these players somewhat of a trap? Because round 17, they have the Storm, albeit a Storm team, probably without Cameron Munster and uh, a couple of other of their origin stars as well. But then round 18, the Cowboys. Round 19, the Panthers. Round 20, the Rabbitohs. So they're probably playing the top three teams there back to back to back and then the Rabbitohs on their day. Who knows what you're going to get from Souths. But not an easy run of fixtures over that key part where players will be dropping money, you'd think. No, it's a fair point for sure. But I suppose, yeah, is it too late to get on the Sharks bandwagon? I don't know. I would say no. They've still got, you know, the Titans this week, the Dogs next week. They just had the Warriors. So this was a beautiful run of scoring into the bye. Yes, it does get tricky after that, but I do think the positives may be our way of the negatives. Uh, for the Titans, Brimson is back at fullback. Sarko still in the team somehow on the wing. <laughs> uh, Paul Turner and Toby Sexton in the halves. I, this is They're coming last, the Titans, now. Uh, this season's becoming an absolute disaster for them, isn't it? Yeah, very quickly they've fallen out of favour, and I think they would have been in a lot of people's top eight. Um, before a ball was kicked. I think even maybe even mine included in that. So um, shows you how quickly things can go from, from bad to very bad. And uh, we saw that with Newcastle at the start of the year. They started, you know, 2-0, and and the Titans weren't in the worst form in that first month. But, then, I mean, after that, it's, it's been pretty poor. Uh, just on this one here, topsport.com.au, if you are having a play, Ronaldo, Ronaldo, I should say, Ronaldo Mulatalo, $1.63 anytime, so to Sione Katoa. Uh, that man Talakai you mentioned there, two dollars twenty-five. Those uh, the prices there to score one try. Of course, we saw Katoa and Mulatalo both bag doubles. I think even Katoa might have finished up with three tries last week. If you think they can get a double again this week, Katoa three dollars twenty-five, Ronaldo three dollars thirty. So some pretty good prices there about the Sharks wingers to keep on uh, in try-scoring form. Yeah, and we said last week that you know the Sharks are good at putting away these these bad teams, and they did just that the other night with their most of their big players scoring really well. And this is another pretty easy game against the Titans on a Saturday afternoon. So look for some big scores again. So Sharks in that game last week, and you have said a couple of times, Nico Hines not at his best, and Matty Moylan really took control down that left. Katoa scored. Sorry, rather, Mulatalo scored a double. Uh, Moylan scored himself, and Talakai scored. So there's four tries down that left side. I think this is the week where the Sharks go right. I think Nico Hines says, no, give me the ball. We're going right. Look at Jesse Ramian. Look at Sione Katoa. Um, plenty of people will look towards Ronaldo Mulatalo, I think, as a trade-in option for this week and round 17 considered. I might be going the other way if I'm pulling the Sharks' reins. Uh, stick around for that. Again, trading places. Not giving anything away 
before the back end of the podcast there. Sharks will win um, just by a matter of how much in that one. Probably the same could be said for this game here, though, as well. The Warriors and the Panthers. Could you have two teams coming into this game with more different form lines? The Warriors struggling on all fronts and the Panthers. They look like they're just ready to win another grand final. Yeah, I honestly think this is going to sound like a ridiculous statement, but they could be the best team I've seen in my life watching footy, the Panthers at the moment. The the way they just dominate games, how relentless they are with their... They don't let in any points. Their attack is just constant constant pressure. They're just great to watch, and the Warriors are probably at their lowest point for a long time. So, yeah, this screams points again, and uh, I think Nathan Cleary looks the best captain option of the weekend. Definitely. Um, already probably missed that point there with Nico Hines, the, a great VC option. And if you're playing Saturday afternoon captains, it's going to be Hines, VC, Cleary, C. Uh, Panthers here, $1.04. Winks-like price there. Yeah, the Warriors, $11. The line, 26 and a half. Forget that. If you're playing the, uh, the top sport way on Saturday afternoon, just back the Panthers, in first team to score 40 points, $2.52. Give it to me. Hook it into my veins. $2.52 Panthers <laughs> to score seven tries. I mean, the Sharks scored 38. They probably should have scored 48. Nico Hines missed five or six goals. So uh, Panthers, and if you think they can score 50, of course, do it responsibly. But $6.25, the Panthers first to score 50. Just Yeah, oh, look, I, great, I great, probably great can't bets. argue with you. Like the Sharks didn't even play that well the other day and they got to 38. Should have been higher, like you say. Penrith never put in a real bad performance, so you'd think they're going big here. Uh, not really any relevant players, I don't think, for the Warriors at the moment. Ronald Volkman's an interesting one. I don't know much about him. I've heard good things on a couple of other podcasts. Do you have any, I suppose, insight into, into his future? Yeah, I think he just lit up the Roosters 20s system and maybe even the uh, SG Ball Cup before that and so he's obviously been touted as a, a player of the future and with Chanel Harris DeVita on the way out this is the perfect time to maybe bring in Volkman maybe not against the Panthers I should say not no no harder game to make your debut in um, but in saying that you know an opportunity presents itself here for Volkman uh, importantly some good news perhaps for the Warriors is AFB is a chance to return uh, from that injury, which has kept him out the last couple of weeks, and they'll welcome him back because they just have been so poor through the middle, and that comes on the back of his injury, but also Lodge's departure as well. Yeah, they're definitely missing some f- strike, uh, sorry, some forward power up front. Now, yeah, they need AFP. He's, a, he's their leader of the club, really. So uh, that is a big in if he's to play. I think for the Panthers going forward the next few weeks, they don't play the buy round, which is obviously not great and probably a lot of people are owning heaps of these Panthers players at the moment. I think I own five or six myself. Yep. Are we looking to keep them through to the end of the year given how dominant Penrith are? That left side is just churning out five trials a game almost. Yeah. Or do we maybe move some of them on before that buy period? I mean, personally, I'd find it hard to get rid of them because, I mean, you've done it yourself already this year with Isaac Tung or you got rid of him and then he was that good of a prospect. You had to get him back. Um and that's the way I'd feel anyway, particularly with Taylor May. You don't want to be playing without Taylor May. Tango maybe you could get rid of, but again, he's still a 60-point dual player. Uh, Steph Crichton, again, a name that I brought in earlier in the year. I've looked at getting rid of him every week, really. He's banged out 100 on the weekend. The one here that he's missing from that, from that Panthers back line, is Brian To'o, obviously a favourite of ours. 
has he played his way back into Supercoach relevance last week and hasn't had the, the big scores week to week like he did last year, but again, 100 last week and looked every bit his old self. Yeah, he, he hasn't really been that relevant this year because the injury and then origin, but going coming home, he could be definitely a player you want to finish with. Maybe not yet. I'd probably just wait until after round 17, possibly. But yeah, he's starting to put his name back in the mix. Definitely so. Uh, and obviously, I guess, as if they needed any more help, they're getting their captain and, and arguably their best player back in Isaiah Yo uh, this week, who returns from... Uh, his concussion, I think it was, or at least a rest after Origin, and uh, Matty Eisenhuth goes back to the reserves, which I thought was a little bit harsh. I think he's probably been a, a, one of their best in Yo's absence and in Leota's absence at times already this year. So anyway, um, the Panthers by plenty in that one. Next game, uh, this one here, the Eels and the Roosters, two teams coming into this one on the back of a loss. These teams met just only, I think it was five weeks ago at Magic Round. And that day, Tommy, I remember we did the podcast. We said it doesn't matter how the Roosters win. They just have to find a way to win. And they did exactly that. And they'll probably want to be doing the same in this one here. Yeah, I think that'll go for both teams uh, on Saturday. The Eagles yesterday against the Dogs, really awful. They just didn't turn up. Uh, the Dogs haven't been able to score points all year. And they, the Eagles led in 34. So that was pretty alarming for para roosters probably should have beat melbourne the other day who were very under strength see i think whoever loses this will be uh licking their wounds definitely yeah Parramatta surprisingly may be unchanged they haven't rung the changes on the back of that shock loss to the bulldogs and for the roosters luke keary is named to play despite uh, suffering another head knock so keep an eye on that in the lead up to kick off some good news though sam verrill's back and obviously that sees Hutchison return to his bench role. And Billy Smith is back in for Paul Momorowski. If they think Billy Smith is the answer, the Roosters, they probably have another thing coming for them. <laughs> yeah, you haven't been much of a fan of him this year. And I've, I've probably, look, I started the year with him thinking he was a decent prospect, but he definitely hasn't uh, hit the potential I thought he had. Just on the Eels quickly, what do you make of their front row, sorry, their back row rotation? I think. Isaiah Papali named a lock again this week. I think yeah. he goes a lot better on the edge, and he probably scores better on the edge. And then you've got Ryan Madison, who's been quite a popular pickup in recent times. He only played 36 minutes yesterday, coming off the bench again. So, like, Murata Niakore and Sean Lane, they're decent players, but I'm surprised, you know, Madison and Papali aren't the edge front row, uh, back rowers. Yeah, there's probably more strike there in those two, and maybe it is a case of just giving these guys a rest and, and targeting... Uh, the final month and leading into the finals for Brad Arthur. I'm not sure, but they, they need they need something. They need to, to change and obviously scored four points against the Bulldogs. Madison and Papali'i, probably two of their better attacking options as well as uh, they go forward and offloads, which come on the back of that. So, yeah, keep an eye on that in the lead-up to kickoff. Maybe some late changes there. Eels, $1.80 favourites here, topsport.com.au. This one at Combank Stadium on Saturday night. So uh, this one rounds us out. The Roosters, $2 outsiders. They get a one-and-a-half start. I think the Eels will win this one, Tommy. I think back at home, they're just a different beast. Yeah, I think they'll be obviously looking for a comeback game after yesterday. They were embarrassed, really, and... Uh, the Roosters, they're just not hitting the heights we expected this year. I don't think uh, we've been waiting for them to click and become that sort of top four team. I just don't think it's going to happen. No, I think the, they might be happy just to make the top eight at this point. And I know you and I and many of other of our listeners and partners with topsport.com.au, we're hoping they can find their way into the top six. And I think if they do that, um, 
they'll, they'll shock us even still. So anyway, fingers crossed for the Roosters. Uh, anything there? Make a Sevo, I guess, was a, a one that we spoke of last week in terms of a super coach trade-in option. Just didn't see any footy uh, at the weekend. And I guess Wonga Blake at that left center role, that could really thwart Make a Sevo's uh, cash potential in coming weeks. And maybe we get to a point where Make a Sevo's, you know, under 400K in the last six weeks of super coach, and then maybe he's the real option. Yeah, perhaps. Like you said, he just didn't see any ball. And it was unfortunate because on paper it looked like a great game. You know, Sevo against the Dogs didn't turn out to be. But uh, as you say, if he loses some cash, he could be definitely an option. Now, I'm not going to declare him, but Will Pinasini, $3 anytime. He's in try-scoring form. He's looking good and running at Billy Smith. So, anyway, game responsibly. A Sunday afternoon footy. Raiders and the Knights. Raiders probably disappointed that they didn't run over the top of the injured Broncos last week. But, I mean, credit where it's due. The Broncos looked uh, a very, very good team and a committed team. The Raiders not, I mean, I'm going to say disappointing. They, they weren't horrible. Uh, they should head into this one as favourites. In fact, they do here. Topsport.com.au, $1.27. Uh, head-to-head. The Knights, $3.80, 10.5 the line, and I think the Raiders could gobble that up Sunday afternoon, footy back at home. We really should. Um, I don't. We don't seem to do very well against teams we should beat. That's the only issue, but look, hope we can. Um, I think the star of the show at the moment is definitely Joe Tarpane. He the, the defenders can't put him on the ground at the moment. It's quite unbelievable how well he's playing, and I think he's always threatened this in his career, and he's finally delivering. 95 points the other night, in just 54 minutes, 61 base. So just awesome. He's probably, he's almost like been a must have in the front rows at the moment. He's probably yeah. overtaking Payne Haas even the way he's scoring. So really good signs from him. Not many other players, I guess, doing a lot in Canberra for Newcastle. Similar story. I think they do play the bye round 17. So some of their players could we could look at. Is there anyone that jumps off the page for you? I do have a name, but I'll come to it in a moment. Um, I just want to go back there to Joey Tarpanay and what you say there about his relevance in this Raiders pack and on Supercoach particularly, obviously, um, you know, doing good things at a, a position there that doesn't have a lot of studs uh, outside of Papali'i maybe this year. And I think uh, you said to me the other day he's a freak. It's probably the best way to describe him. Um, I said to you that he has the skills of a David Fafida and the attitude of a Tino Fa'asul Malawi. <laughs> And that's, that is very rare because he just gets in, does the hard work. Uh, and at the same time, he, he has that offload in him, which produced the goods the other day. Yeah, absolutely. He's, every time he gets the ball, he's definitely a threat. And he, he opens the game up for everyone else. Uh, just back on Newcastle, the only name I would probably think about is in that front row forward spot, maybe David Clemmer. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, I think he's. everyone's saying he's been blackmarked by New South Wales. Like, he's not going to play for them. Uh if you need, I guess, a front row playing that round 17, Clemmer's in great form also. Yep, and one name to avoid would be Kalen Ponga. Um, he plays, well, we're expecting him to play Origin. If his head is in the game, obviously he had that HIA the other day, and we do wish him well. Um, but some of, uh, just I just made a note here yesterday as I was doing some notes for the podcast. Just some of the supercoach players who average more than Kalen Ponga. Trent Peoples, Jeremy Marshall King, Dejan Arcy, Connor Tracy, George Tafua, Kurt Falls, Lachlan Miller, Ezra Mam, Sean Russell, Phil Sami, Peter Hiku, Josh King, Greg Marju, and Jacob Karaz, amongst the host of others. Um, just shows you that Kalen Ponga not 
the superstar fullback that we've uh, been hearing about for for five years? I think that's that's harsh. Look, obviously stats don't lie, numbers don't lie. He's not scoring well this year, but you only have to look at his performance in Origin One, and that shows his class. He unfortunately for him, he's playing with the spine of Milford, Clifford, and Randall. No fullback in the world is going to be able to produce the goods playing with them. No, it's harsh. But for draft players who picked him up, you know, picked 25 to 35 and thought they were getting a bit of value, they're the ones who are left disappointed. But uh, no, unfortunately for Ponga, um, not, a, not a relevant name in the classic sense this year at least. Uh, news for Newcastle, Kurt Mann back into the starting side. He's going to play in the uh, lock forward role. So he played a couple of games there before he copped a host of injuries, I think, uh, earlier in the year. He did well. Now, I said Clemmer, and you've said Clemmer already, but maybe Kurt Mann at the center wing slot, if you're cashing out some of these guys like Karaz, like Kula, Valea, uh, who else we got there? Tass even still. Maybe Kurt Mann is someone that you could look to for that round playing in the forwards, but in your center wing slot. Yeah, I'd be wanting to see some big minutes from him, but I, I do agree, you know, playing that round with a few of these other uh, cheap backs we want to get rid of. Definitely an option, and uh, I think it'll be probably pretty popular. Let's move this one on Sunday afternoon footy, uh, rounding us out. Last game of the round, the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs up against the West's Tigers. And who would have thought the uh, Bulldogs coming into this one on the back of a win? And uh, that man, Karaz, we've already mentioned him there. He buys himself some more time with that big score of 98 last week. Uh, Max King, another good uh, effort last week with 72 points playing in the lock forward role. He moves to prop for this one. And Tavita Pangai Jr. back in jersey number 13. Yeah, look, I know the Eels were pretty bad, but God, I thought the Dogs were actually fairly good yesterday. They just defended so hard. They played like the game meant a lot to them. Even showed some decent attack through them. I, mean, I thought Jeremy Marshall King recently, I know he's not really a name we talk about on Supercoach, but he's been playing some actually really good footy and probably looks a good pickup for the Dolphins next year. Yeah, definitely. Probably one of those names that when you saw the signing got announced, you thought, oh, well, here we go. Another one of those lackluster Dolphins signings. But no, he's really come on and made that number nine jersey his own there uh, at the Bulldogs this year and obviously gets a chance to do that next year. Although they, they haven't signed a lot of halves, uh, the Dolphins. So he came through the grades playing a little bit of six. So maybe we see him move to the to the uh, halves. Anyway, that's a, a story for next year. For the Tigers, speaking of halves... Won't they welcome back this man, Adam Dewey. Uh, jersey number 16, though, for this one. Um, but they're going to welcome back his creativity because they need all the points that they can get. Yeah, they need something. The Tigers, uh, massive inclusion. He was their best player last year. And, look, things just look to be going south there again. It was really sad the other day, really, to lose at home, get a send-off. Uh, Luciano Lua leaves the club now as well. He's been one of their best players for a while. Yeah, it's really going... It's going sour again for the Tigers, unfortunately. And I think maybe because of that, Adam Dewey, I think they should put him in the halves when he's fit, personally. Yeah. Yeah, we've sort of said that, haven't we? That um, Hastings and Dewey probably is the combination there in the halves and Brooks can play that 9-14 role or maybe Dewey's a fullback even. Uh, We've seen him play fullback at different stages and uh, maybe Dane Laurie moves. I don't know. Anyway, that's, uh, again, a problem for the Tigers that they're going to have to work out. Uh, we've already mentioned Luciano Leilua and the hole that he leaves on that right side. Uh, Kelma Tuolungi looks likely to be uh, the player to fill the void. <sighs> Do we go to him? He's cheap enough, but we've seen his scores and his output already this year. It just hasn't been there. 
Now, he was actually someone I did look at today, um, just looking for someone to play the buy round. I was going to maybe go from Ben Jabrovic straight to him, but like you say there, he's scoring terribly. I think it'll almost just be a a bit of a waste of a trade, really. Um, he'll do a job, but he's not going to be a very good one. Yeah, uh, sad. Uh, I, I guess some other team news here, and uh, consider this for your draft leagues if you are in desperate need. For Amanu Brown back on the bench for Jock Madden. Uh, nothing against New, I'm just saying. He's probably not getting picked up in a 10-man league. $5.20 anytime for Amanu Brown against his old club, the Dogs. I'll be having a little bit of that as well, responsibly. Uh, but he loves a try. New Brown, we saw that against the Dogs just, uh, as we say, a month or two ago. Uh, scored a double that night, uh, first game back in the NRL. So I think he can go again here. Yeah, I, I think I have to be with the dogs pretty strong here. If I had to have one bet this weekend, I'd go with them at $1.74 with Top Sport. I know the Tigers beat them a month ago, but the moods in both camps have changed so much since the dogs had a great win the other day. The Tigers are at rock bottom again in the, for the millionth time in the last 11 years. But I think that the dogs can back up what they did yesterday and win pretty comfortably here. Uh, nothing else there. Again, we spoke of some, some super coach options for both of those sides uh, last week, and obviously we, we led towards uh, Carraz. I didn't play him, but I think he'll be giving him a run this week. He played in the centres against the Eels as well, which was good to see. I think he's going to get more ball there uh, running at the uh, Tigers' frail edges. I uh, spoke of, again, some options for the Tigers. There's probably slim to none, and it'd probably have to be Hastings if you're desperate, but at that key spot of 5 eighth and half back, you're not going to bring in Jackson Hastings when the guns are coming knocking. Yeah, I don't think I can make a case for any of the Tigers players, to be honest. And, and Jacob Carraz, I was probably actually going to sell him this week, but with that big score, he's back into a negative break even, so there's not really much point selling him. You may as well just let him make some more cash and then get rid of him. Yep, ride him out. Uh, Jacob Carraz and a host of others there. As we say, Tolotau Kula in the same boat. Um, he has bought himself a couple of more weeks. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, Tommy. On the other side, we're going to flip the coin. We're talking cheapies at the moment. We're going to be talking captains on the other side of this break. Having a bet on sport this week? Top this. Whether you're into cricket and curling or golf and greyhounds, Top Sport will let you on for plenty. And with literally hundreds of markets from your own backyard to the international stage, Top Sport has you well covered. So if you want to get the top odds every time, bet with Top Sport. Top that. Download the app today. Top sport. Feel the excitement. Don't let the game play. You stay in control. Gamble responsibly. Yeah, welcome back. Supercoach 365 podcast brought to you again in season 2022 by topsport.com.au. Uh, you, if you are going to have a play with Top Sport, you can do so via the link in our Instagram bio. Uh, use the code upon sign up, SCOACH365. If you are having a play, please do so responsibly. Take my tips, take Tommy's tips with a grain of salt. Uh, but no, they give you the best odds in sport racing, rugby league, everything from golf to greyhounds as you hear it there. And the NBA finals are on again. So uh, Golden State looking to claim their seventh title on the back of a win today. Uh, Tommy, let's look at the State of Origin Game 2 odds before we do talk captains. This game in Perth, uh, New South Wales head in as favourites, surprisingly maybe on the back of the performance from Game 1. But um, they'll be desperate, the Blues. They scored a big win in Perth a couple of years ago. $1.85 favourites they are. Uh, Queensland, $1.95 outsiders. So if we think they're going to go to a game three, uh, that's what the market's telling us anyway. Yeah, it's a real toss of the coin, and that's as the market is sort of suggesting there. I can't really split them myself. 
is Perth an advantage to either team, do you think? I, I don't think it is personally. Maybe if it's dry over there, perhaps Queensland, but it, it's probably hard to say it's an advantage to either. Yeah, I think whoever handles the occasion better will, will come out on top, not so much the venue. I think, obviously, New, uh, New South Wales in a position which they've been comfortable with in the last couple of years, particularly going to Perth in a must-win game. Uh, they did that a couple of years ago, although that night Tommy Turbo scored a hat-trick, and they're going to have to do it without Turbo and without Latrell again uh, here in Game 2. Looking at some futures markets quickly before we push on here, Penrith, again, rock-solid premiership favourites, $2.40. Um, and again, we speak of the Cowboys making the top four. They're $1.35 now to lock down that top four spot. So uh, they've come right in. Yeah, I think Penrith, $2.40. I know it's so far out, but it's it's almost overs, isn't it? Because they're probably just going to make the grand final. And the only team that could beat them is Melbourne. And they're not going to be $2.40 on the day, Penrith. So, yep. yeah, I don't know. I'd almost back that if I was a rich man, which I'm not. Uh <laughs> The Warriors continue to firm for the spoon. I know you call me sadistic for talking about this market, but they were 13s, they're now $3.80, and they're definitely looking a good chance week by week. Loves this market, Tommy. Uh, top try scorers, uh, let's bring the, the mood up a bit, a little bit more positive. Uh, Taylor May, $4, not the favourite, though. Alex Johnston, who surged back into his try scoring form, $3.80. Ryan Pappenhausen, maybe a smoky there at $6, um, coming back into form. And fitness as well. Ryan Pappenhausen, all of these markets at topsport.com.au. Uh, check these out under uh, futures, uh, or if you're playing the state of origin, there's a, a whole list of markets here as well on that one. Tommy, let's talk some captains though. For round 15, we've already sort of glossed over it, but Nico Hines as the vice and Cleary as the captain. That'll be the, the favoured way this way uh, this week, we think. Yeah, it's hard to argue, isn't it? Uh, both players playing against two of the weaker teams in the comp, so they look to have good. Good scoring potential this week, and Cleary showed again. You know, he just comes back from Origin and turns it straight on, gets a hundred. Hines touches the ball so much, he's likely to go big again. Is there anyone, I guess, earlier in the round we could throw a a, diff, a pod sort of VC on? Like, there's slim pickings, I think. I've had here in the notes as well, more of a question than a statement, but I, I lean towards it as a as a statement. If Pappenhausen is back and you are bringing him in, do you have to vice-captain him purely at the price, $930,000? You're not bringing him in to sit there as your reserve fullback and you're going to captain Nico Hines. I think you just have to. To justify the move, you have to at least have the vice-captain on him this week because if he's going big against the Broncos, no Reynolds, uh, maybe no Haas, and some of those other outs as well, this could be a week where Ryan Pappenhausen hits the ground running 150 points. It would be the sort of thing that would make or break your week uh well not break but if you were able to do it you had the balls to do it and, and it came off it would be a great play because like you say there his price you got you almost have to justify it by putting something on him uh and yeah. i just worry about uh six weeks off what he's had if he comes back you know instantly we saw last year how slow it sort of took for him to come back to his best form hopefully it's not the same this year Hopefully not. And again, I guess coming off a hamstring injury and a knee complaint this year, a little bit different to with the concussions, he may not kick goals straight away either. So that's something to consider. Uh, that forms a large part of his scoring, Ryan Pappenhaus, and I'd say 30 40% would be through goal kicking alone. So uh, factor that in. Maybe Nico Mania pod play around 17 
Uh, he's been kicking them well, Nico Meany, and he plays. He's going to hold down a wing spot at the very least. So anyway, consider that. Um, pod captains, pod vice captains earlier in the week, maybe you're looking at an Alex Johnston against the Dragons or a Campbell Graham if you're playing the, the Rabbitohs or... Again, that man, Scott Drinkwater, perhaps against uh, Manly. He just scores 90s for fun, Scotty D. Yeah, he's, I once said, Ken, I didn't think I'd be discussing it, but 100%, like, you can throw the vice-captain on. He has barely disappointed in recent weeks. Uh, again, for the Storm, Munster, he's sort of been in and out of games lately. Maybe not him this week. Uh, but other than that, I don't really have any I'd be keen on other than the big two. Okay, uh, let's talk trading places. No graphics this week because we're yet to settle on them. But if we are having, uh, or if we are doing our trades this week, Tommy, talk us through. I guess you're thinking how many trades you've you've got left currently, what you will have left, and and boosts in, in cash in your bank as well. Yeah, fourteen trades left with two boosts and about fifty k sitting there. So not a heap of trades left, I guess. Um, I was probably planning to do a few this week, but then. Like I said before, the likes of Karaz and Kula, I was going to get rid of both of them. They scored really well and they've got the low break even. So I may as well just sit on them and let them make a little bit more money and hopefully make their upgrades a little bit better in the coming weeks. Um, I don't know if I will make a trade like I'm saying. Maybe Blake Taft to Ezra Mann, but just a bit worried if Blake Taft does play round 17 that that was a bit of a sideways trade. Yep. But other than that, I don't really have much doing. I'll probably just stick with the same 17 that ran out last week. I think a lot of people will do that as well, and that comes on the back of those names you mentioned, Karaz, Kula, um, scoring well, and not, I guess you're not having your hand forced into selling them by a high break even. Isaiah Tass would be sitting on a lot of benches, not playing, but in Jersey 19, he's still around the squad, so if and when he's back for round 17, that's probably when you, you look to move him on after that. Some of those other names, I'm just looking at my own bench here, Ezra Mam, if I could go straight to Pappenhausen this week, maybe I do. But a low break even, again, he's making plenty of cash. Brody Jones, one of these other names that hasn't played in forever, but again, at Newcastle Knight, he'll be there around 17 maybe with Frizzell and Origin Chance. Josh King, Alec McDonald, all of these guys, Melbourne Storm players, uh, round 17 options as well. So there's a host of names there that I'm, I'm eventually wanting to get rid of, but maybe this not the week. Uh, if I am making a trade... Now, I've alluded to this a couple of times. Let me bring up my little post-it note here. Cameron Munster. Call me mad. But I think Cameron Munster could be a sell this week. If not this week, definitely next. Um, if you are playing with Scott Drinkwater, that is. Just looking at Cameron Munster's post-Game 3 backing up history. So 2021, the Storm played a Sunday. He backed up. 2020, obviously, Origin was at the end of the year, so we won't consider that. 2019, after Origin, Storm played a Sunday, he didn't back up. 2018, Storm played a Saturday, he didn't back up. 2017, Storm played a Saturday, he doesn't back up. And 2016, we're probably going back a little bit too far there. Um, but in saying that, I don't think he plays that week after Game 3. So if you are looking to move a, a Munster on soon, maybe this is the week and you can go to Pappenhausen and be happy with that, so... Could be a trade-out option, Cameron Munster. Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, I'm probably not doing it myself, but, yeah, I don't know about... You look at the Storm's run post-Origin. Their last four games are very hard. They play the Panthers, they play the Broncos away, they play the Roosters, and then the Eels. Yeah. So 
you know, there's no easy games there for Melbourne. And I know they're sort of fixture-proof and Munster can go big against anybody, but there's no games where you're sitting there saying he's going to get 150. No, definitely. And obviously those fixtures are consideration of why I say he could be a sell as well as that. I don't think he's played a around 25 or around 24 or in 2020's case, around 20. I don't think he's played the last round of a season since about 2018. So again, you know he's definitely missing two weeks, one after game three in the final week of the season. So consider that in your trades. Another one that I like this week potentially, Sione Katoa uh, over Ronaldo Mulatalo. He's 120 grand cheaper than Ronaldo. Um, just 1% owned Sione Katoa. Compare that to about 6% owned Ronaldo Mulatalo. I think Katoa could have a field day this week against the Titans down that right side, Nico Hines, with a point to prove. So Katoa and, well, potentially Pappenhausen in for me this week. And I'd probably be moving on Valea and Cameron Munster to make it happen. Yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with any Sharks players at the moment. And, yeah, at 120k less, you know, Katoa is definitely an option. He averages about 10 less than Ronaldo, but you get what you pay for. So I think either option is good. I think the Sharks, they obviously have that, that tough run that we spoke of over uh, round 17 to 20, but then it really opens up. So if you're playing your head-to-head cash comps and... Um, obviously, you and I focus mainly on overall here, but you wouldn't want to not finish with one of the Sharks' wingers, I think, looking at that. Uh, anyway, that's that's where our heads are at anyway. Uh, let's get into our listener talking points, and probably a good one to kick us off, we already spoke about it a little bit, would be players playing round 17, uh, options or nuffs as you want to call them, and then they'll be unsighted rounds 18 to 25. So sort of that one-week hit-and-run mission. Who are we looking at in round 17? as enough plays. There's really not... I've been looking at this the last few days to see who I can go to from some of my cheaper backs at the moment, and I really don't know. There's some dragons maybe out there. Cheap dragons. Like Michaeli Ravalawa, I'm not a fan of his, but he's going to be down towards 250k by then. Wow. I don't know. There's someone that could score that week. Seriously, it's pretty slim pickings. It's making me think I'm not even going to bother with a full team for round 17. Yeah, so I've done this and I came up with 23 players. Probably four of them were relevant. And even that was a bit of a stretch. There's just really nothing out there from a enough perspective. So consider that when you're planning your trades out for the rest of the year. The top of the, the bunch that I came up with was Lachlan Miller from the Sharks. They do have the storm that day, but you think Hines may be around the Origin camp. Obviously, all of this depended on who's picked for Origin Game 3. Uh, Lachlan Miller, again... Two hundred odd thousand dollars probably plays that week and not again, barring an injury. Uh, Grant Anderson from the Storm. Again, if you're playing him round seventeen, you probably want to get to him by round sixteen before he makes a cash price rise. So just consider him. Uh, and then uh, Trent Peoples, hundred and seventy-five k or thereabouts, hundred seventy-eight from the Rabbitohs. Again, unsighted since he had a couple of good scores. So there's three, and Braden Trindle, if I had to come up with a fourth, he'd be the other one. But again, dependent on Nico Hines. So not much out there in terms of enough. I've got one, one more. It's not really enough. I mean, he could actually do a decent job. Murata Niakore from the Eels. Yep. He's actually starting at the moment. He got 52 yesterday. He's only 360K, dual position as well. Plays around 17. So he ticks a few boxes there. Yeah, if you want to spend that much, uh, definitely he's an option again. He's his starting role. I don't know. We spoke about it then already. Interesting times out there at Parramatta. 
Um, let's get into some of these questions though as we do it uh, and plenty have come through today on the Instagram so uh, let's kick it off at the top and Alex Brigo, friend of the show, he offers us a question every week. I love this one. Kicks us off. Is it crazy to trade out Munster? I've just spoken of a, a host <laughs> of reasons there why it's not crazy but Tommy, tell me why it is crazy to get rid of Cameron Munster. Because he's a change man. Is he? He's off the drink. He's uh, he's had a child in the, in the off-season. Look, I don't know. That's the narrative, I guess. And so far, he's lived up to it. Uh, you'd have to sit there for the next 10 weeks just praying he doesn't go big. But I can see reasons to trade him out also. I think he might have had a couple of 4X after that Queensland Maroons win <laughs> because he scored a 40-odd against the Roosters. And uh, anyway, he was tight. We'll give him a week off. Uh, Brendan Laxer, Alaska, says, is Nico a trade-out? So maybe along the same lines of thought there with Munster, the origin period... Nico losing a stack of cash this week, potentially. High break even. I think it's 140. So is he a trade-out option? I don't think so. I think he's immune to the, the break-evens and whatnot. I just think his ceiling is so high that you kind of just have to have him. Yeah, the only way I would justify that is if you are bringing in uh, Jerome Hughes, potentially at a halfback for round 17, or a Pappenhausen at fullback. I think any two players outside of that, you're crazy to get rid of Nico Hines. Uh, Jack.priv says, Sawali trade to Ronaldo or Campbell Graham. Either is a season keeper. I can't decide. Tommy, you got both of these guys last week. Yeah, I could barely decide myself. It's a it's a good question. I'm a bit scared that Campbell Graham could play Origin. So that maybe could come into your thinking a little bit. He's probably maybe more a bit reliable, a bit more reliable than Ronaldo. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a really tough one to weigh up. Mitchie Musket here, uh, good fella Mitchell. He says, at what point do we stop looking at cheapies, i.e. Grant Anderson, and go with Nuffs? So coming back to that round 17 thinking of looking to cash out some of these guys who've made the money, Karaz, Kula, Tars, etc., and bringing in guys who will play 17, never play again, and put that money that you've banked otherwise onto your field with some guns. When do we stop looking at cheapies and look to really start investing in those players that we want to finish with? Yeah, I, I don't know. I suppose it depends how you place at the moment. I guess you probably want to do it immediately after the buy. I think you want some of these cheapies for the buy, such as your Green Andersons and whatnot. But there also could be benefits to having a bigger squad in the closing weeks if you have more than you know 18 playing players because you're going to get yeah. injuries. You're going to run low on trades. It's going to be players rested. Having a lot of playing players might not be a bad thing. Yeah, I think I budgeted to having... 19 players play for round 25. I did the cash out sort of the method with the nuffs, and I think come round 25, I had nine players. So I had 10 players out for that last week who I thought would have been in. So consider that when you uh, start to nuff. Uh, the 18th man here says, is Harry Grant a sell? Uh, I haven't had him all year, so it's hard to say. I mean, he averages well. He misses, obviously, the next buy round again with Origin. I don't think he's a sell, but I wouldn't be rushing to get him either. No. Uh, Bosco Harris, 14, says, Scotty Drinkwater is a must-have right now. Now, I wouldn't go as far to say must-have. Still a negative break even, though. I think his time's coming to a head, Scotty Drinkwater. But again, for as long as he's pumping out scores, it's it's going to be hard to justify selling him. Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. He's not a must-have, but um, he's done an amazing job. And if you have him, you're absolutely thrilled. A couple here from the same guy, Massimo Mastrelli, says, uh, we'll combine a couple of these. Uh, 
Are we going on Lil Papi if he's named? Bundle that in with how many players are we looking to have for round 17? Obviously, Pappenhausen could be one of those players for 17. So let's say we do go early on Paps, in my case at least. How many players will I then have for 17? I'm probably looking at at least 11 to 12. And then really hitting the go button 18 with the trade boost to come home. Yeah, I do think maybe going a little bit early on Paps if he's named because the break-even 139, I really doubt he's hitting that first up. He could prove me wrong. He's gone big against Brisbane last year. I think he scored four tries against them. So he's capable. Uh, I think I'm looking, hoping to have around 13 for around 17, but a lot of water to go under the bridge. Another one here from Alex underscore MRI or L7 says again, Paps now will wait a week or two. Again, it probably comes back to who you're selling to get him in. If it is one of those guns and like Munster, maybe go this week. If it is a cheapie like Ezra Mam, maybe hold off. Uh, Dan Sharpie says Munster for Burton or Drinkwater. Two players who played round 13, Burton and Drinkwater, so won't be there for 17, and, and you're getting rid of a gun to get in one of those two, or do you look around Burton and Drinkwater for someone else playing that round 17 week? Yeah, I think if you get rid of a, someone the status of months you've got to go to someone who's actually going to play that week. So I wouldn't go to either of those guys. The 18th man, uh, Joey Tarpane or Olakawatu. Again, two names that figured in round 13. Yeah, maybe I'm biased to Tarpane. Uh, I don't know. It's tricky. Where would you go with this one? Probably Olakawatu. I just think he's just got that safe uh, job security. I know that Tarpane is definitely... I'm not saying he's in any danger of losing his spot at the moment, but... Papali'i's minutes have been down around the origin period. I don't know. I just I just feel Ola Kawati. You know what you're going to get from him, and he's a try scorer most weeks for Manly. A uh, couple more here. Riley Milton for is Brian To'o a must-have. Not yet, but he, he might be in a few weeks. Yeah, I'm probably happy to play around him. I know I said in the in the preview there that I'd be looking at him, but I can't have May Tung or Steph Crichton. And I think moving from Crichton to To'o is probably sideways or even backwards because Crichton doesn't like passing the footy. So To'o, yes, he has the base work, but maybe not the tries this year. Uh, That could just about wrap us up here, Tommy. Yeah, no more. So let's leave it at that for uh, round 15. We got through a little bit tonight, and I'm sure that we'll be chatting all of that and so much more again this time next week when we do it for uh, heading into round 16. Obviously, Origin 2 on the horizon as well. The Origin 2, the rep round, so we have a couple of weeks off after this week, so we'll have to get our footy fix in the next four days. Obviously, as well, uh, you can catch all of this uh, and our final teams heading into round 15 on our Instagram. We'll put up our captain's call as well at supercoach365. Get us there, get us on YouTube, and if you are listening to us on your podcast feeds, give us a five-star review, a thumbs up, or whatever it is to show us your appreciation Tommy big weekend coming up good luck to you good luck to our listeners enjoy your footy for round 15 mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.